So we've been uh, doing our series this month on our vision as a church. Um, and this is the final one this morning, so we've done so far. So our vision is to glorify God by reaching, relating, and releasing. So reaching people for Jesus through the life-changing message of the gospel, being a church that brings hope to the communities to which God has called us to be, uh, to called us in, and to which... To which God has called us, relating, helping people to grow in their faith as we seek to love God and one another well, building community and growing through discipleship in relational sized gatherings and groups. And today we're talking about releasing. So, developing and releasing people in their gifts and calling, and releasing resources as we seek to be a blessing. So we had a prophetic word over us as a church a number of years ago about being a resource church. And um, this being a resource church means that we're a resource to bless others. And so one of the things that we've been blessed to be able to do is to use our resources to bless other churches, other ministries, and the community. That includes people, but also practically our building, uh, our equipment, uh, and in any way that we can, and we're really blessed to do that. But today, I want to focus more on what it means to release people. So we're talking about releasing people. Now, I hope that you all know that church is not about the few serving the many. It's about all of us playing our part together, serving one another. Now, we are all different. Just look around you. Is there anybody like you in the room today? I don't think so. Probably just as well. Uh, we are all unique. We all have unique gifts and talents and abilities that God has given us. So we all have a unique contribution to make to the body, to the family. We all have different roles and responsibilities. But everyone is equally as important. Every one of us, every one of you, equal value in the family. So let's have a look at a definition, the definition of release to allow something to move, act, or flow freely. So when we're talking about releasing, we are talking about enabling people to function in their gifting, in their talents that they've been given, using their unique abilities to serve God uh, in the body and reaching the community. So releasing people is primarily a responsibility of church leaders but we all have a part to play. If we, as individuals, want to be released into fulfill all that God has for us. Now, a few weeks ago, I had a sleepless night. Now, I'd like to tell you that it was a hugely spiritual experience, but it wasn't. The reason why I had a sleepless night was that I had a cup of caffeinated coffee. It was nine o'clock in the morning. I really thought I'd get away with it, but I was still awake by half past three the following morning. So it wasn't great. But anyway, while I was awake <clears throat> and trying to get to sleep, I did the usual thing that we do to help us sleep, which is what? Well, pray, obviously. Praying helps you sleep, doesn't it? Has anybody else got that experience? Praying and sleep, they kind of go hand in hand? Yeah, no, maybe it's just me. So, so while I was awake, um, I knew I'd got this message coming up, so I was praying. And uh, I do feel I had a bit of a, a spiritual um, uh, inspiration for this. So um, 
if you could put the next slide up, please. This is, this is what I believe releasing is about. So this is about the responsibilities of church leaders in releasing people. So these are the things we're going to look at this morning. Recognize, equip, love, enable, admonish, serve, and encourage. Um, so I would like to say there was some divine inspiration for that, um, but uh, it was caffeine-induced. There we go. Okay, so the first one um, is recognize. So in order to release people, we need to recognize their gifts and abilities. Agreed? So every single one of us has been gifted by God, whether you kind of recognize that yourself or not. Um, so we're going to look at a couple of passages that will be very familiar to some of you. For we, that is every one of us, are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Every one of us, good works that God has prepared for us to do. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 7. There are different kinds of spirits, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, that's everyone, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So every single one of us has been created for a purpose. We all have God-given gifts and abilities, and the intention is that those gifts and abilities are used for the common good, for the good of the body. Now, as leaders, we need to be able to recognize and those natural and spiritual gifts that people have been given. But it's not just about gift or talent. It's about character. Character is more important than gift. Now, you can be very gifted, but if you don't have the right heart, then actually giving you a role within the church would be disastrous. This means we need to know you. We need to know you well enough to, before we can release you in certain areas of serving. <clears throat> you wouldn't expect us to release someone into serving in our children's ministry unless we knew them pretty well. Would you agree? So, <clears throat> if you're new to the church, then we're really, great that you, we're really happy that you've joined us. But we might want to get to know you better before we allow you to take on certain roles in the church. Now, I must say here... It's not about perfection. Anyone glad about that? Because otherwise none of us would be doing anything, would we? Let's be honest. We're all, about, we're all being transformed by Jesus. And that's what it's about. It's about having a heart that is submitted to God and is being transformed by him. So what is this character that we're looking for? Well, Galatians 5, I think, probably sums it up really well in the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So this is the character that all of us as individual people should be striving for as we allow the Holy Spirit to develop that fruit within our lives. So for example, you could have a fabulous singing voice and, and really want to be part of the worship team. But you see, being part of the worship team is not just about singing. It's about worshipping. It's about being a worshipper. And, wor and worship is a spiritual activity, not just a natural activity. It comes out of a relationship with Jesus. 
And it's through our relationship with Jesus that our character is shaped by the Holy Spirit. So you could be a great singer, but if you aren't faithful enough to attend meetings or you're a gossip or you're constantly grumbling and moaning about things, then we can't use your gift. Does that make sense? So, secondly, equip. So we have a responsibility to help you to develop your gifts and your character. This is about discipleship, training, and support. We have a responsibility to care for you pastorally. And we definitely don't want people to get burnt out serving God. So Ephesians 4, verse 11 to 13 says, so Christ, gave, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. But this isn't just about equipping people to serve in specific roles. It's actually about all of us being equipped to do what all of us are called to do, to love and to serve one another. As Daryl said last week, our primary focus is to love God and to love one another. And we all have a part to play in loving and caring for one another, reaching out to others with the gospel. And as a church... You know, everything we do is aimed at equipping and enabling us to do that better, to love God more, to love one another, to serve one another. So thirdly, love. When Daryl spoke last week about loving God and loving one another, he said that without love, what we do will fall apart, like his curtains on his curtain pole, which you may remember that story. Whatever we do, we must do it in love. And as leaders, our responsibility, first and foremost, is to love you. And your responsibility is to love us. That might be hard at times, but that's our responsibility to one another. Love, to love. Ephesians 4, verse 15 to 16 says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Love must be the center of all that we do. And this applies to all of us, whatever our gifts and abilities, whatever our role within the church, however we help out, we need to do it in love. Daryl read 1 Corinthians 13 last week. And I'm going to read it again, but I'm going to use the message paraphrase. So, 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've got nowhere. So, no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Before I go on, I just want to say these verses make it really clear that however gifted we are, if we don't love, our gift is worthless. That's why love must be the core of what we do and why character is more important than gift. 
And the verses then go on to describe that character. So love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, <coughs> Excuse me. never looks back, but keeps on going to the end. Love never dies. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> How about putting your name in these verses? Okay, so let me try it for myself and see how far I get before I get very uncomfortable. Wendy never gives up. Wendy cares more for others than self. Wendy doesn't want what Wendy doesn't have. Wendy doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head. Wendy doesn't force herself on others. Wendy isn't always me first. Do you get the point? I'm feeling very uncomfortable already. Wendy doesn't fly off the handle. Wendy doesn't keep a score of the sins of others. Put your name in there and see, again, how far you get before you start feeling very uncomfortable. It makes it become real, doesn't it? How often, how do we measure ourselves up against this standard? How often do we reflect on our love life with this as a, our, our guide, if you like, as our standard? So fourthly, enable. Once we have recognized people's gifts and abilities and their character, we have a responsibility as far as we are able to provide opportunities for people to use those gifts and abilities. Now, there are many opportunities to serve in the church, and you'll have heard us time and time again asking for help in different areas of church life. But it isn't just about specific roles. As I said, it's about everyone playing a part. So going back to the previous passage from 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to continue it, but again in the message paraphrase. <clears throat> so from verse 14. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to the body, would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. 
You give it dignity and honor just as it is, without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? I won't. Definitely. <laughs> Martin says definitely. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. We are all part of the body. Whether you feel significant or not, whether you feel you have a part to play or not, we are all part of the body, this body. And we all do have a part to play, like we do in any family. Now, as family, as parents, we don't expect babies to do the same as teenagers. We don't expect, necessarily expect, expect grandparents to take on the same roles as younger adults. Our responsibilities as a family depend on our maturity, our character, our abilities, our general health and fitness. This is the same with the church. We don't expect new believers to take on the same responsibilities that we might expect someone who's been a Christian for a very long time, people who've been following Jesus for a long time. But everyone can play a part. Everyone can help out. Everyone can pray for one another, care for one another, love one another. Our desire is to release people into roles that match their gifting and character. We want people to feel fulfilled in their serving. Are you with me so far? Okay. So fifthly, admonish. Now, admonish isn't a word we use very often these days. Has anybody used the word admonish in their conversation this week? No? Okay. But actually, when we look at the definition, I think you'd agree that all of us are familiar with it in terms of what it is. And if you're a parent, I'm sure you've done this this week at least once. So admonish means to express warning or disapproval to, especially in a gentle, earnest, or solicitous manner. To give friendly, earnest advice or encouragement to, to say something as advice or a warning. <clears throat> so 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 to 15, says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn, that's that word admonish again, those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everybody. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. So as leaders in the body of Christ, we have responsibility for you to provide an environment in which you can grow spiritually, to care for your well-being, your spiritual health, and the health of the whole family. Now, church leaders are often referred to in the Bible as shepherds. And as shepherds, we have a responsibility to care for, guide, and protect our flock, which is the church. So 1 Peter 5, verse 1 to 3 in the Amplified Version says, 
Therefore, I strongly urge the elders among you, pastors, spiritual leaders of the church, as a fellow elder and as an eyewitness called to testify of the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd and guide and protect the flock of God among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not motivated for self-shameful gain, but with wholehearted enthusiasm, not lording it over those assigned to your care. Do not be arrogant or overbearing, but be examples of Christian living to the flock. Set a pattern of integrity for your congregation. That's quite a job, isn't it? You know, as leaders, we have responsibility to guide you, to advise you, and to warn you, and to be a good example In fact, being a a leader is a huge responsibility. The Bible tells us that we will not only have to give an account for ourselves before God, but also for the way that we have cared for the people we've had responsibility for. This is clear in Hebrews 13, verse 17, again in the Amplified Version. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you, for they are keeping watch over your souls and continually guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans, for this would be of no benefit to you. We've spoken about membership um, of the church before and explained what that's all about, and we have booklet at the back which explains it but one of the reasons membership is so important is that it brings an accountability and commitment to one another so as leaders we commit ourselves to lead and guide you to be accountable to God and to you for caring for you and as members you commit yourselves to this family and to be accountable to the leadership That means that we may speak to you if we feel that areas of your life that are not honoring Jesus, things that are not helpful for you in your Christian life or are affecting the health of the church family because that's our job, that's what God has called us to do. So next, serve. Leaders are firstly servants. So Mark 10 Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. <coughs> Excuse me. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be a servant, and whoever wants to be first must be a slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. We follow the example of Jesus in serving. And Philippians 2 goes on to describe that again. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. So there may be people here this morning and you aspire to leadership. You feel called to leadership. Well, it starts with serving, following the example of Jesus. And I'm really glad that I serve with a leadership team who are happy to get their hands dirty and muck in. 
who will willingly clean toilets and stack chairs and do all the menial tasks, that nothing is above us or them. We are all serving together. Every one of us is called to serve. And finally, encourage. Hebrews 10, verse 24 to 25. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. It's our responsibility to encourage you. And we do, we are so grateful to you, for, for you. We value you all. We're so grateful for all of you who serve faithfully week in, week out, give your time and your energy to do various things within the church, things that are, are never seen, never noticed, unless something goes wrong, like the data or the PA. Jess is nodding at the back there. No one notices it unless something goes completely wrong. But we, we're so grateful for everything that every one of you does in caring for one another and supporting one another and doing jobs within the church. We are so grateful for you. We couldn't do it without you. We're also grateful for your prayers and encouragement for us as leaders too, because we need it too. We're all called to be an encouragement to one another. Okay, so what does this all mean then? I've been talking about very much really about the roles of leaders within the church in terms of releasing people. But do you want to be released? You know, um, Rick brought that word this morning about people who perhaps need to step forward again and, and kind of have a, a, a refreshing in, in terms of their, their sense of purpose and direction. Perhaps you've been in this church some time and you haven't really felt that you've been able to play a part, you haven't really connected. Maybe you have gifts and abilities that you don't feel are being used. We would love to, to hear from you. We would love to find out from you how you feel you would like to serve this body. Maybe we haven't seen your gift. Maybe we don't know you have a certain gift or ability. We want to know because we want to release you. We've just released 30 people to, uh, to set up King Centre West uh, and to fulfill uh, the ministry there. And that's left gaps here for us to fill. But it's not just fi trying to find people to do jobs. It is very much about releasing people to fulfill what God has given them to do. Yes, there will be some nitty-gritty jobs that need doing. You know, we do need chairs stacking and coffee made and all those things done. But, you know, that is part of what we're all called to do to serve. But, you know, we want everyone to feel that they have the opportunity to serve God. So if you're feeling this morning, you know what, perhaps... Perhaps there is something that I can do. Don't, please do not disqualify yourself. We would love to talk to you. Age is not a barrier. And I, I just want to say that one of the things that blesses me, and I'm sure blesses others um, in the leadership team as well, is those who are perhaps unable to do certain things because of their age and, and health, who tell us time and time again, I'm praying for you who will phone us and encourage us. It blesses us so much. There is, there is no age limit to serving God in that way. We want everyone to feel that they can be a part of this family because it is a family. 
So, as we've been talking about our vision, um, as a vision, it is something we are aspiring to. We're not claiming to have this all sorted. We're not claiming to have to be perfect in any of these areas. We are wanting to work towards fulfilling this vision. And we know we are on that journey. So we want to be able to hear from you how we can help to release you. So if, as I said, if there's areas of life, church life, you want to be involved in, please come and talk to us. We'll be really happy to do what we can to help release you into those areas. And can I also encourage you to pray for the leadership? Pray for Daryl and Claire. You know, we do need your prayers. It's not always easy. It is a challenge, and we do need your prayers. So let's just pray as we bring things to a close. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you have placed us in this family for purpose. Lord, we're not just here to have a good time together. We're here to bring your kingdom to this community. Lord, we're here to demonstrate your love to this community. And we're here to love you and love one another. And Lord Jesus, I pray that as a family, Lord, you would help us to move into that, to be released into all that you've called us to do. I pray for anyone this morning who's feeling frustrated or um, limited or feels that they've just got nothing to offer. Lord, I pray that you'd speak into their hearts I pray for those that have got gifts and abilities that perhaps have been buried, have been put to one side, maybe as Rick shared, because they feel that things have gone badly in the past. Maybe they've been hurt. Maybe they've been let down. Maybe just things have not worked out. They might feel like they've failed. Lord, I pray that you will stir in us afresh a sense of purpose, that you will perhaps dust us off where things have just been difficult and hard and the pressure of the world, situations we've been through, has left us feeling like we haven't got anything to offer. Lord, I pray that every single person here will know that they're valued and loved, that they have a role to play in this family, that they are significant, that we need them in this family, that you've placed us together as a body, every part as important. Lord Jesus, I thank you that this is the way that you've designed it. This is your design for us as a church. And I pray that you'd help us as a church to move into the values, the vision that you've given us so that we can fulfill your purpose in this, in this area that you've placed us. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for Daryl and Claire. Thank you for their leadership. Lord, we pray your blessing upon them as they lead the vision. Lord Jesus, and I thank you for every single person who faithfully, day in, day out, is serving you in ways that perhaps we may never know. And I thank you for that. Thank you for their faithfulness. Lord Jesus, we just want to bring ourselves before you again today and say, I'm available. Use me, Jesus in whatever way you wish. Take me as I am. Shape me, change me, use me for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Tom.